Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Just the Two of Us podcast. Uh, I'm John. I'm Nate. And it is Just the Two of Us. Except tonight we have a special guest, George Gabrielson. Yep. He's here in the studio with us. But let me run you through a scenario, Nate. I'm ready. I assume you have vehicles. I do. Yep. One for each of you and your wife. Yes. Would you say you rely on that vehicle? I do. What do you use it for? Uh, primarily getting to work, I would say, and maybe the grocery store. Yep. Maybe bringing my children to school and other events. Yep. Now imagine one of your vehicles breaks down. Ooh. And also imagine, if you will, you're not entirely financially stable. That is not a stretch. Not a big stretch no, for you. I can imagine that. But also, and here's the uh, here's the one that's going to get you. Imagine you have no mechanical abilities. Ooh. Not even enough to watch a YouTube and figure it out. That would be tough. So now you're left with a choice. Do you buy groceries? Right. Do you fix your family's car? That's a tough one. And Nate, that's why we brought George in today. George is the guy. He is an answer. Uh, George, do you mind uh, just giving us a quick introduction of who you are? Yeah. So my name is George Gabrielson, and I'm the executive director and co-founder of Jesus Driven, which is located right here in Red Wing. Excellent. And what do you, uh, what do you guys do over there? So we do nonprofit vehicle repair. Um, so basically, our labor is totally free, and then our clients have to pay for their own parts. Cool. H- how do you get connected with your clients? All sorts of different ways. Mostly, other nonprofits in town refer clients to us. Um, so Care Clinic, Hope Coalition, mm. Haven of Hope, Hope and Harbor, um, Goodhue County, various churches, and then some word of mouth and things like that. So when you were first kind of getting that shop started, I think we'll probably rewind back to that, but I just had a quick question, which was when you were first getting started, did you reach out to those other nonprofits and kind of tell them what you were up to and if they had anyone in need, they could get a hold of you? Is that how that all started? Yep. Yeah, that's exactly how we started. Basically, we kind of had this idea to start and said, well, we're going to have to find some people. And we, when we started asking around, nobody was even keeping track of the need because yep. they didn't have anywhere to send anybody. Right. So. I mean, is there anything further mm-hmm. away from us that like a, a similar nonprofit or operation? Yep. Yeah. There are, there are several that I know of um, that have kind of I've, some of the some of them I know personally, some of them I've just heard of. So there's Nate's Garage in Cannon Falls that does mm. some level of nonprofit repair. I'm not totally sure. Um, kind of being lazy there and not reaching out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, are they are those guys set up? Uh, they're a for profit shop, but also they do some nonprofit. I I believe so. So I think most of their business model is for profit shop. Okay. But then they have a small nonprofit side of when they occasionally when they meet someone rather than refer them out they've just said we're going to take care of them i i think i'm speculating yeah um then there's the lift garage in minneapolis okay i think they charge 15 dollars an hour cool um car clinic in elk river and there's a couple more too i'm sure Hmm. Mm -hmm. so pretty spread out though yeah absolutely and it's and like in our area in goodyear county we have some public transit but it's not extremely robust it, it certainly isn't, especially if you're trying to get to work. Shift work, it's probably not going to happen. Um, certainly not with any regularity. Yeah, you've got to move yourself around. Yep, absolutely. So apart from like a referral, how would how would 
a, could someone come down to your shop and talk to you or do you have like a screening process? Yeah. So you can definitely come down to the shop and talk to me if I'm there. Yeah, um, sure. We, our shop right now, we don't have running water. Um, we, we really don't have an office space, so I do a lot of paperwork on my couch right now. Okay. Um, but when I'm there, like somebody just dropped by today, actually. Okay. Um, but yeah, we don't technically have business hours right now because the schedule is all over. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but in terms of like, ref- you were kind of asking about referral and interview process stuff. Yeah, like a screening process. Yeah. So we meet with every client face-to-face before we agree to fix their car. Okay. Um, and basically, we chat about their car. We chat about their life. Like, hey, where are you at financially? What do you have coming in? What do you have coming out? What kind of government programs are you on or do you qualify for? Basically, just trying to get a feel for, do you really need our help? And kind of what underlying circumstances are there? Because, for example, I met with a woman last week who was working full-time at a fairly decent job. It's like, okay, well, why do you need help with your car? We talked some more and she had, you know, she'd made some poor financial decisions in the past. And so she had a large number of credit card judgments against her. So she made good money, but most of that was garnished to pay previous mistakes, which, you know, that makes it very difficult then for her to kind of keep her job when her car breaks, all that. So every circumstance is different. So we don't have a super rigid set of guidelines. Um, we try to be somewhat flexible. Um, yeah. Yeah. What an awesome, what an awesome business model. Yeah. Maybe we rewind back and just hear how this all got kicked off. Basically, um, my wife and I got married in 2016. We were living in an apartment and we kind of, uh, it kind of, I kept bringing it up as we were driving different places that I would like to work on people's cars a little to help them out when we moved into a place with a garage. Um, I, by no means was I a mechanic or knew what I was doing. I just kind of always worked on my stuff a little and enjoyed it. Yep. And we kept bringing it up. She kept saying it's a great idea and we never did anything about it. Yep. Fast forward a couple of years, we'd been living in our house for almost two years. We had a garage, just hadn't done anything with it. Um, and I had a classic car. I had a 1968 Plymouth Fury two door sedan. Nice. Huge. Um, I mean, massive car. Yep. Really sounded cool, was fun, definitely a driver, not a collector. Um, And I hadn't had the car very long. I I looked at it on the internet for a lot longer than I actually had it. And we'd had it for a couple months. And I just, I got to this place where I could feel God pushing me. I could feel him almost mocking me through this car of, you could do so much more with your time, your space, and your finances than look at this huge car in your garage. Um, Because I never drove it. I didn't want to drive it. I just... It kind of, as soon as I had it, it, it lost its appeal. Um, so I went to my wife and I said, we got to sell this car. She said, you are crazy. <laughs> you looked at that car on the internet longer than we've had it. Yeah, yeah. right. What's wrong with you? And I, so I told her, you know, this is, this is what I think. And she said, all right. And I said, I don't know where we're going to find these people. And because I grew up in a house where if the car broke, my dad fixed it. Okay. And if the car broke in my dad's house, in, you know, when my dad was growing up, my grandpa fixed it. Yep. It it didn't occur to me that that's just not how it worked. Sure. You know, yeah, right. it also didn't occur to me that people took their car to the mechanic either. Yep. But, um, so she said, no, there's a huge need for that. My wife's a social worker and a lot brighter than I am. She's like, yes, <laughs> there, there's tons of need for that. We're not going to have any trouble. So I said, all right, well, let's, let's do it. She said, all right, let's sell the car. So we put the car up for sale. We bought a 
like one of those crappy tow dollies that you see behind an RV, except okay. way, way crappier. <laughs> yep. Gotcha. And because how are you going to haul these cars around when they yeah. don't work? Right. Um, and we, we launched Jesus Driven in June of 2018 out of our garage, part time after work. Um, we had no idea what we were doing, yep. but we just kind of decided to go for it. That's how almost everything starts, though. I don't know how, I don't know what I'm doing. But luckily, we have the internet, <laughs> and you can figure out a lot of stuff in a hurry yeah. uh, and find a lot of people that maybe are doing the same thing you're trying to do. Uh, and uh, at least in, in what you're doing, uh, there's probably a lot of people that are willing to help. I think a lot of private or um, for-profit businesses, no matter what they are, are uh, shrouded in secrecy a lot, You know, especially if they feel like you're competition. But maybe you, uh, did you reach out to anyone that had been doing what you were trying to do? Um, so no, uh, when we, when we started, we'd never heard of anything. We did some research on the internet and kind of didn't make much headway. Yep. Um, more recently we've built a couple of relationships with further, you know, organizations further away. And then also now we have a couple close relationships with actual mechanic shops in town too. Sure. That have come alongside us and basically say, hey, if you don't know what to do, pick up the phone and, you know, we'd love to help you. They even send us clients every now and then or do cheap alignments for our clients, that kind oh, of thing. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yep. And with automotive stuff too, there's a ton of different specialty tools. Are you having to borrow stuff and, and things like that as well or no? I, I haven't had to um, okay. because it, it seems like a lot of times you can work around things with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, it, so a specialty tool may save you quite a bit of time but you can a lot of times work around it or rent it from the auto parts store. So I haven't oh, had true. to borrow anything special from them yet. Okay. Um, one of the shops in town has worked to get uh, actually a really nice scan tool donated to us. Oh, awesome. That's one thing now with today's cars you really can't yeah. work around. Is yeah, you've got to have it. You need to know what's going on inside the car. And this thing, it kind of, I call it my kindergarten tablet almost. Okay. It kind of looks like one of those kindergartners tablets. Yeah. It's really, padded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it's probably two inches thick. I mean, it's, yeah. it's very sturdy Yep. and I can sit there and on, you know, a newer car, which I don't work on very much, but I can actually sit in your car and roll your windows down from that thing, turn oh, yeah. your blower motor on. I mean, pop yep. your trunk. I can do a lot of weird stuff that actually helps test certain things. Yeah. And that's all diagnostics. Exactly. So you can test whether the control side of things is working or. Exactly. Or whether it's something on the other end. Versus tearing it apart, back yeah. probing and... Chasing tr- wires down a harness. Right. Yep, exactly. Nasty stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a time saver for sure. Yep. It, it certainly is. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, one thing that just caught me while you were talking about that. That was a 68 Fury. Mm-hmm. Was that once you purchased it, I, well, you, you saw it after it for a while, but once you purchased it, it really didn't fill whatever hole that was you had there. And I think a lot of people have that feeling. I know I've had it, whether I was, you know, looking at a motorcycle or or whatever the next toy was that was catching my eye is once it was sitting in the garage, I didn't feel any better. <laughs> I didn't feel fulfilled by whatever purchase that was. So that's interesting that you turned that into uh, into kind of a calling. Yeah, I mean, I, truthfully, I can't take a whole lot of credit for that. It's, it's something where obviously our organization is faith-based and... Um, yep. You know, we really believe this is what God has called me and my wife to, and um, it, it truthfully is something we resisted for quite a while. Yeah. Um, 
but it, at some point we just said we can't say no anymore. We have to try it because if yeah. he's behind us, we need to, you know, we'll always regret it if we don't try it. Well, yeah, it's super exciting to start something new like that too. So you didn't have a two-post lift right away. I think I remember <laughs> you pulling a trans out of a vehicle on the floor. Have you ever, <laughs> speaking of it being your calling, I, w- I was uh, talking to Nate about this the other night. It was, uh, have you ever been laying on the floor pulling a trans out of something? Maybe it lands on your hand. And you're like, God, are you sure this is this is my calling? This is what <laughs> this I should is be it? doing. Maybe something cleaner? No? Okay. All right. Crawl back under. I I <laughs> I couldn't even begin to describe how many times that's happened. Um, or even um, you know, I I had a I had a job, I was a mechanical engineer, and uh, okay. I in November of twenty nineteen I quit that job to run this organization full time. Mm-hmm. Now that's a big leap. That is a leap. It is. Um and so you you do kind of question what am I doing with my life? Yep. You know, because I had a had a good job, I had a lot of paid vacation, I I really enjoyed my job. And when I took that job, I thought I was going to retire there. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I truthfully, I I don't miss it, and I don't. Sometimes I don't even remember what I used to do. It, <laughs> okay. It's only been a couple of years, but it um, it just it it's been natural to transition for me. Um. But yeah, at the time, you know, shortly after, or I mean, even still truthfully, right? Like, what am I doing with my life? Whether it's dealing with a difficult client or a difficult vehicle, or it always seems to come down to like trying to push cars around in the snow and being a disaster and like, what am I doing? (laughs) You're soaking wet. Yeah. Nothing's going right. Yeah. But then when that project's done, it just feels that much better. Sometimes. Sometimes you look back and say, it took me two hours to do what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Had, Where did that day go? I had a car the other day. Well, it's been longer because there was a lot of snow, but yeah. had a flat front tire and it was rear wheel drive and I could not drive that thing around in, in the little bit of snow that I had down in my parking lot. Yep. And it did not want to turn where I turned it because the tire was flat. So when I'm pushing it with my pickup, it was a disaster. So I ended up, I have a mattress that I put on the front of my pickup to push stuff around. And okay. I ended up just uh, putting the mattress on the two doors on the side of this car and pushing it sideways through my parking lot because <laughs> it was slippery enough. It just slid just great. And yep, it, yep. it was so much better than trying to get this thing to turn. Yep. That that must be the engineer side of yeah, you then. Yep. Mattress and a little sideways simple, push. Was there some solution. calculations involved? There was no calculations <laughs> no. involved. Calculation time was over. It was yep. over. It was doing time. Yeah. You know, I... Unfortunately, I've never been the in, the kind of engineer that's good at the calculations. Mm, okay, I'm good at, I guess, the problem-solving side of things, but not yeah. the math side. Sure. Engineers are supposed to be good at math. Um, truthfully, my worst grades in engineering school were in math classes. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, so. Well, Nate thought engineers were people that drove trains. So yeah, so I was way off He's to begin enough. with. He's learning but a the lot train, tonight. But the train does go by close to there. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Next to the shop you're talking <laughs> Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just had to kind of follow your joke there. Yeah, I get you. The business, the nonprofit, kind of boils down to two parts, which are parts and labor, right? As far as the the day to day, and I think you had mentioned that you're set up for the customers to purchase the parts, and then you donate your labor to do all that. Is that how that works? Yeah, that's the majority of it. Um, we have found that it's much easier to make them buy the parts directly versus trying to collect money from them after the fact when yeah. they didn't really have much money to start out with. Um, 
So yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to not be in between them and their vehicle because they can't afford to pay for the parts. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. an uncomfortable spot to be. Mm-hmm. And plus, you're one guy. Your time is valuable. And so less time chasing um, chasing payment around is is that much more time you can spend in the shop helping more people, I would assume. Absolutely. Um, it, even just we do pay for parts for organizations that are covering parts for people. And even just that takes enough time to track all that down and get them to pay you and remember who's paid you and who's hasn't. And, yep. yep. So funding this whole thing is mainly donation. You had mentioned you do some for-profit work as well. Yeah, so we, our entire nonprofit budget does come from donations. Okay. Um, well, I shouldn't say all of it. We do occasionally qualify for a grant, or sometimes someone will donate a vehicle that will sell. Typically, we give those away, but if it's worth quite a bit of money or we don't have anybody waiting for a vehicle, we will sell it. Okay. Do you um, have a waiting list currently for people that need vehicles? Um, kind of. it's been um that's kind of an interesting subject i guess it's been difficult to find people to give vehicles to okay not that there's not people without vehicles that are on our list yep but difficult to find that good fit um when we give a vehicle away there's a sweet spot between i can afford to own a vehicle but i can't afford to go buy one oh okay um and what we find is there are a lot of people who they realistically can't afford to own a vehicle. Yeah, because you're talking insurance, you're talking registration tax, mm-hmm. and the newer the vehicle, the higher that registration tax is. Well, we, we don't really run into that issue. Sure. Um, you know, we the vehicles we're giving away are, I mean, they're two steps away from the junkyard. They really are. We go through them to make sure they're safe and reasonably mechanically sound. Yep. Um, but we tell people, if this thing lasts you six months to a year, great. You should be budgeting for something different. And this is just to kind of get you through. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they last a lot longer than that. But when you give a used vehicle away with two or 300,000 miles on it, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, But that affords them the opportunity to maybe work more and mm -hmm. uh, save up for a vehicle that would uh, fit them long-term. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But you're between gas insurance and also still having to be able to afford food and rent and other things. We, we have been running into quite a few people that realistically can't afford to own a vehicle. And by us giving them one, it's almost a disservice to them and making yeah. their life more expensive and more complicated. Totally understood. Yeah, not something I completely considered before was that just because you can give a vehicle away doesn't mean that person can necessarily afford to keep it. Exactly. And everybody wants a vehicle. Yeah. So that can be, I mean, it's not a great conversation to have to have. Yeah, but um, it happen it happens more than you'd you'd think. Um, and that something you offer is kind of vehicle ownership, uh, financial advice. Is that where that stems from? Is is trying to deal with um, things like that? Yeah. So obviously, some people take our advice, some people don't. Sure. But we do um, we do offer some limited. It's not super formal, but it's more okay will help someone budget a little bit, help someone realistically understand what it costs to own a vehicle yep. um, and how to plan better in the future of, okay, how much should I really be saving about around a vehicle and other aspects of their life too. Okay. Um, for example, I had a client just recently who, this is a weird deal and we don't do this much, but they, um, they had bought a vehicle at, I, I don't know, like an auto finance center or a car hop or something, which 
truthfully, they mainly seem to prey on people with terrible credit, super high interest rate loans. So they had bought this 2002 Lexus car with 200,000 miles on it. Yep. I think they paid $5,000 for the thing. Yep. And then it was 19% interest. Uh. Um, you know, they were, I mean, it was the kind of loan where you have to pay it twice a month. Yeah. Um, and then they tricked them into buying AAA through them and auto insurance through them. They already had auto insurance. Yep. It, so they were like, okay, how do we get out of this? I was like, well, I'm not a lawyer. I can read your contract. I don't think you can get out of it unless they say you can get out of it. Here are, you know, here are your couple different options and what you can try to do. You know, yep. you can try to refinance this. First of all, cancel one of your insurance policies. Yeah, yeah right. Do you really want AAA? You know, all the, you know, because I think all said and done, they were paying this dealership close to $500 a month. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, between insurance and the payment and everything, it's like. I mean, you could lease a brand new vehicle for that. Right, but yeah. not with their credit. No, right, right. So, but, right. So, it we don't do that often, but at the end of the day, we're trying to serve our clients however we can. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if we can connect them to a better resource, we will. But sometimes it's just easier while we have them there, like, hey, can we try to help you with this? Or, And are you yourself, I mean, you yourself, you have to be also researching all this stuff because that's not something that was really your bread and butter before. You, I mean, you weren't focused on auto financing or even auto repair. So this is stuff you're learning along the way as well, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, I've learned a lot of things over the last couple of years that I never thought I would learn anything about, yeah. nor did I care to. Yeah, right. Um, mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, none of that stuff is super interesting. <laughs> but it is when you can help someone. Yeah. Right. Then it's kind of fun to dig in and see what you can't do for someone to help them out. Uh, uh, what else are you guys offering down there? Um, so we do, we do the vehicle repair. Yep. We do the vehicle giveaway stuff occasionally. Yep. We do limited towing as well. Okay. So we have a hmm. truck and a trailer. Um, we don't do roadside stuff, but to and from someone, you know, from someone's house to the shop, once they've already had one tow or they've limped at home, but it's not safe to drive. Yep. Um, and then we can kind of pick up other vehicles and do stuff that way, which is pretty handy. And we're saving people, I'd say over a hundred bucks a tow. Yeah, for we sure. we do that. Um, definitely. We do that, and then we hold a prayer night every Thursday night in our shop. Okay. We invite our clients and whoever else wants to join, and we are actively praying for and with our clients there and sharing the gospel with them. Oh, awesome. Um, and then it's kind of a great opportunity to build that relationship with our clients further. Yeah. Yep. Um, the kind of the side of things that people don't think about with this is, I would say upwards of 90% of the time there are many more things going on in someone's life than just their car being broken. Mm -hmm. yep. um, we see a lot of substance abuse or people in recovery. We see a lot of people dealing with child protection in their life, yep. um, things like that. And this gives us an opportunity to come alongside them, build that relationship and become a small part of their support system of someone that they can call when they need advice or someone to talk to, um, someone they can call when they've got that craving again, things like that. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to build that and we're trying to be reasonably accessible, but also have those boundaries. But prayer night gives us that one more touch point, I guess, of it's somewhere they can come, they can spend time with us, we can invest in them. And um, it, it's a safe place for them to be. A lot of people bring their kids there. Um, yeah. So. 
Yeah, and then whether they've got questions of uh, on anything they need from you, you can you can probably connect them to resources too through the church or or whoever they might need. Yep, absolutely. And that's, I mean, any of your uh, step programs or anything like that. I think a, a major portion of that is the consistency of meetings. So that's got to help too. Being there, would you say once a month, once uh, a week, every week? Yeah, yep. once a week. I mean, that's huge to have that consistency and somewhere to go and just provide that hope to people that, that, um, that there's help there. Absolutely. And that's so cool. And one thing we're finding is we, I mean, we offer to pray for people, right? We, we yep. say, we're going to be praying for you. If you, if there's anything we can pray for you about, let us, let us know. Yep. And the number of people that jump at that is, is unreal. Cool. They're so excited to have someone care about them enough to invest, you know, invest in their life. They they may not be a believer themselves, but just having someone being willing to invest in them like that, they're eager. Yeah, because um, there's probably uh, quite a few situations where you're um, the first person to care in quite a while. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I think you are probably right. Yeah. Um, it we meet a lot of people that are in some really tough spots. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're out there doing that. I, you know, the Lord says that none of us are without hope. But I don't think he ever said anything about a 95 caravan. So have you had any projects that uh, were completely <laughs> hopeless and that you had to uh, that you just had to abandon or or try to help someone find a different vehicle? Or have you been pretty fortunate? Um, it, no, we uh, we junk a fair number of vehicles. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, I, I just met with a woman last week, actually. She she was on our waiting list for, I think, breaks. And then she had gone in for an oil change, and they said, we can't put your car on the rack. We're not touching it. Um, so when I showed up to meet with her, she told me that. So we, you know, crawled under a vehicle, took a couple pictures, and said, all right, can this be fixed? Yes. Are we going to fix it? No. no. You know, this thing's going to fall apart. Um, so we see that. At, at, at a certain point, I, I do really strongly push people towards, like, hey, I won't work on this. Yep. But also when you kind of get into that fringe of it's really not the best, but also you're an adult and you have to make your own decisions. True. Um, I may not agree with that decision, but I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody wants to drive something around with a broken frame, I can't stop them. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, I did have one pickup, a Chevy S10 that my intern put it on the rack. He did everything right. And when he started lifting it, the topper hit the cab and it made this horrible crunching noise. Yep. And we looked and the whole frame had just buckled. Banana frame. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a cool look, I think. What do they call it? Cali lift? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Squatted. <laughs> but uh, they do that intentionally. Uh, this was not intentional. Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, we also see more people than you'd think don't check their oil and they run their engine out of oil. Okay. And... Uh, most of the vehicles we're dealing with, running your engine out of oil is enough to kind of call it a day on the vehicle. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's the most expen- mm-hmm. expensive part. I mean, yes and no. We're by the time you buy a used engine for something, I mean, I, I did an engine swap for a woman on a 2010 Mazda 3 last summer, okay. last spring or summer, and I think all in all we had like 480 bucks into it. Oh wow! Um, now. Obviously, that's you know a cheap used engine. Yeah, you know, we're we're doing it cheap. Yeah, but it's not as 
big of a game over as people are thinking, I guess. Not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world because you're not paying labor. So you're yeah. not paying me 15, 20 That's hours true, to swap true. the engine. Yep. And also, if you go to a reputable shop, they're going to charge you labor. But they're also not going to put the cheapest used engine they can find in there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, because it, it's not best practice. Yep. It's just not. Um, so, but yeah, we, we see that a lot where it's like, hey, you ran this thing out of oil. It's not worth putting an engine in. Um, yeah. Yep. Haul it away. Haul it away. And that's one area we can, we help our clients too, is we help them kind of, kind of maximize what they can get out of their junk vehicle. Oh, cool. cool. Um, so we'll haul it to the scrapyard for them. We'll cut the cats out for them so they can sell those to the scrapyard separate. Yep. Um, cause I mean, people are stealing those things for a reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, you know. Nate, you got any burning questions on your mind? Burning, yes. Are you awake? I am. Oh, he's I'm here. still here. Yep. <laughs> so, was my what, was my mic not working? Earlier? <laughs> um. So we talked a lot about your clients. I kind of want to talk about the other end of that and the donations. I think typically you probably see money donations. <laughs> and you had mentioned a tool that a shop had donated to you. Mm-hmm. Are there any tools specifically you're looking for now or maybe... Vehicle, more vehicles that you'd want donated or or is uh money the the way to go um you know obviously any donation is, is a good one um in terms of tools we always kind of have a list i'm not as good at keeping it as i should be okay um i think the big things that we're thinking about now are pieces of equipment if we were to move to a larger space sure so for example we'd love to be able to mount and balance tires um, maybe even have a second lift someday. Um, so that, I mean, that's kind of all dependent on, cause right now we have nowhere to put them. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and vehicles are, are wonderful, right? Because even a vehicle that's not worth fixing right now, we can still probably turn that into 750 to a thousand dollars. Oh, wow. Hmm. Um, by the time you, I mean, cause scrap is high right now. It's okay close to 200 bucks a ton okay even more depending on where you go and then um catalytic converters are worth a lot mm-hmm. and then if it has decent tires on it you can sell those separate all of that so that that can be very beneficial for us and then obviously um money is always very useful to us too because yeah. that's how we're paying my small salary that's how um you know we're paying our shop rent insurance all of that um yeah very interesting so if I had an old tire balancer laying around, I could bring it down and drop it off. Yeah, and truthfully, we'll f- if you got it and you got to get rid of it, we'll find yep. a place to put it till we got room store to set it, it up. Yep. Yep. Store it for now. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, there might be someone listening that might have some tools that could be helpful. There also might be people with tools that are not helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have we have enough screwdrivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think no I'm, more stubby screwdrivers. I, you know, it, like I said, we. People have given us tools in the past, and I, I swear I've got 40 screwdrivers that I'll never use. <laughs> but you know what? If I really go on a rampage and start breaking them, I'm set. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So um, did you see uh, decent donation numbers when you first started? I mean, did, did that prove the concept for you, or was it kind of a slow gain? Um, when we first started, we weren't actually looking for any donations. Okay. Um, my wife and I were both still working. Sure. And we just basically said, you know what? We have almost no overhead here. 
So we're okay just kind of funding this. Yeah, mm-hmm. and really, if it's your labor you're talking about, there's no overhead to your labor if the customers are supplying parts. Exactly, and I I still had a day job, so then I didn't need any money for my time. Sure. Um, the only cost we were eating is if someone donated a vehicle to us, we were paying for those parts. Okay. Um, and then any tools we needed, that kind of thing, or you know, our crappy tow dolly, whatever upgrades <laughs> yep. that needed. Yeah. Um, so no, we self-funded. Um, I mean, we did get a couple donations. I, somebody heard about us, a close friend of you know, a close friend of ours, and they donated a thousand dollars. And I think in our first year, I mean, we barely spent that, truthfully. Awesome. I mean, you know, it, so um, when we really started to seek out donations, that would have been um, probably starting in June of 2019. Basically, we, my wife and I had made the decision that I was going to quit my job. And so it was, okay, we need to start fundraising so that you can quit your job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, we didn't have much of a basis. It didn't come in gradually. We said, all right, this is what we think we need to do. And we went out and really put in the work and, and God certainly showed up big in that regard as well. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a proof of concept right there. So we talked about (laughs) your labor, um, but clients buying parts, have you found any support through, uh, local parts stores or have you reached out to local parts stores to try to get them to maybe give a little help too? Um, so no, we haven't asked for parts to be donated per se. Um, we do get a discount at O'Reilly's in town and, uh, you know, they, they pass that along to all our clients. Um, and then, I mean, we, we buy used parts and things too. We, we do it the cheap way, but so no, we haven't asked for donations in that regard. We do also have a couple of organizations in town that like workforce center will pay for parts for their clients. If oh. they're already working with them, they'll sure. do that. Yep. The big reason we haven't gone after parts donations necessarily is, Yes, we're fixing people's vehicles for free, but when they have to buy their own parts, they're still investing in the process. Got it. So it's not, um, and not to say that um, some people wouldn't benefit from a complete handout, we'll call it. Yeah. But if they have to invest in the process, they are, um, they tend to be a lot more grateful and responsible with it. Sure. And that maybe gets the brain working on, is this vehicle worth sticking this money into or is it time to maybe think of a new option exactly and and we fix vehicles all the time that if you took it to a shop it would not be worth fixing okay right because yeah you're gonna pay 80 to 150 bucks an hour you know your three thousand dollar car is junk pretty fast yep Mm -hmm. well three thousand generous (laughs) that's pretty generous (laughs) well that's after covid everything's gone up yeah okay fair enough everything's worth at least three thousand now Um, so maybe there's someone out there listening, um, feeling a push towards nonprofit work. Can you run us through the process of, uh, getting, um, a nonprofit status? Is that federal and state or do you have to get one or the other or both? That's a question I should know. I should have a better answer for. Mm. Um, we're all learning. We are. So I, I don't exactly know. I believe it's just through the federal government. Okay. And then it's kind of somewhat recognized by the state. Okay. Um, I, that I'm a little fuzzy on. Sure. Um, I, I do a lot of things myself. Figuring out how to file for that was not one of them. We went with a company online called Swiftly that okay. was, you know, write us a check for $1,000 or whatever and we'll yeah. handle it. Um, and, and they did. Um, I don't, 
we need to get a lawyer on our board here pretty soon to read our bylaws and tell us what they mean and yep. if we're following them or not. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and yeah. is that when you created the board that you have now? Yes. Was in response to, you know, some thing you had to do to get your nonprofit status? Yes. So basically we are a nonprofit corporation. So that means we do have to have a board of directors. Um, yeah. So it was kind of filling out the paperwork and they wanted names on the board. And so I started calling people yep. and said, okay. all right, we got to fill the board. Let's try to find people that aren't going to kick me out right away. And do yep. it. It's yep. <laughs> just hostile takeover. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you, you joke, but I, my dad's close friend started a ministry in the cities and his board booted him after oh, yeah. a couple of years. So it's a possibility. Yeah, well, it's it not unheard is. of at all. Right. No. It just seems a, a little bit strange, like you've said, a ministry side of things, but hey, there's actors all over. Well, and truthfully, nobody wants my job. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, uh, I, I, yeah. Nobody wants my job right now, I suppose. So, nope. You got those dirty hands. Well, yep. I, <laughs> believe it or not, I was only in the shop about. I track all my time because I have a sickness. Yeah. Um, I was only in the shop about doing repairs about six hundred hours last year. Okay. Um, I I couldn't tell you how many total hours I worked, but my full time job is two twenty eighty. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. I know it was over that. Um, you know, we'll say twenty three hundred or whatever. Right. Who knows? But I know. Um. I know I was only in the shop for 600 hours and the okay. rest of it was either out towing cars, meeting with clients or trying to figure out the disaster that is paperwork. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, that's gotta I, be way more challenging than the nuts and bolts side of things. It depends on the day. Okay. I mean, really? Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> usually, usually, yes, you're right. It's, and it's more not that it's difficult. It's just time consuming. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the time you, you know, sit down and fight with the IRS's, IRS's website for a while. It's yep. like, mm-hmm. oh, half an hour's gone. Yeah, know. I saw an advertisement, uh, I don't remember where, YouTube or something like that, for uh, LegalZoom, which is a company that will help you file for an LLC or whatever you might be up to. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's genius, because that's not the way we went when we when we um, did TNT Gymnastics. And it is, it's so hard to wrap your head around all that stuff and figure out what it all means and and what you need to do, because there isn't a guidebook or a rule book. Nope. You're just doing your best. <laughs> so maybe yeah. that is the best way to go if you're out there and you're thinking about uh, starting a business where you need to be uh, limited liability or you're going the nonprofit route uh, where you're trying to file uh, for a nonprofit status is to find someone that does it a lot and just pay them to do it. Yeah, or even make friends with an attorney and get them to give you the friends and family discount. Or yeah, trick them into it. Trick yeah. them into it. <laughs> Tell them that you're going to fix their car or do yeah. whatever, and yeah. then they're going to file that because it probably will take them 10 minutes. I'll rotate your tires yep. and yep. definitely not steal your cats while it's in the shop. <laughs> you know, one of my college friends told me, he said, on your waiver that you make all your clients sign saying they're not going to sue you, you should say that they've forfeited their catalytic converter. (laughs) And that's how you can fund your ministry. You can cut everybody's cat off. You have their permission. (laughs) And you can sell those and fund your ministry. Well, let's be honest. The car will run a lot better anyways. Absolutely will. Um, I just, I thought that was so funny. He's like, just get them to sign off on it and then just do it. it. He's not on the board, is he? No, (laughs) he's not. He is not. (laughs) No. So that was one thing I was running through my head was what kind of liability you carry um, fixing people's cars like that. Because like you said, a lot of them maybe aren't 100% roadworthy. Yeah. Um, 
we we try to make them roadworthy when they leave, mm-hmm. um, but you can't make someone fix it. So we well, definitely... and you don't know what's going to break in the next five miles either. No, but I will say sometimes you got a pretty good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we as a shop are very difficult to insure. No normal. So you have a normal mechanic shop. You, you call up your insurance company. You say, I run a mechanic shop. I do this much roughly in revenue a year. Yep. Give me insurance. And they do. Mm-hmm. When I call them and they ask for revenue and I say zero, they Negative. say, what's, <laughs> yeah, they, they say, what's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, and we do, obviously we're taking in money, but I can't really count that as revenue from the shop. Yeah. Um, right. So then they say, well, what's wrong with you? You're not running your shop, right? Cause you're not making any money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you try to explain it. They don't understand. You try again. They don't understand. And your, eventually your P and L is all L. Right. <laughs> yep. And eventually they just don't give you insurance. I mean, that's, okay. that's the road that it leads to. Right. Okay. Um, so that was a big, big struggle for us when we first started because we wanted insurance right away. Yeah. Um, because let's say I work on somebody's car and they kill somebody in an accident. They say their brakes didn't work. Somehow it's my fault. Yep. It may not have been my fault, but just legally defending ourselves is going to be outrageously expensive. Yep. Mm-hmm. So my wife called around for probably three months when we were getting ready to launch and found a company that would give us insurance. Later, we found out that we weren't really insured for anything. Um, okay. They just sold us a policy, but we built some policy history. We didn't have any losses, so it looked good for us. Okay. But okay. our insurance guy now kind of laughed and was like, uh, <laughs> they don't know what you're doing and they don't care. They just wanted to sell you insurance. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we got connected with an organization called God's Garage in Houston, Texas area. Okay. Okay. They're massive. They give away over 100 cars a year. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, they started out of some guy's garage in the mid 2000s and snowballed from there. But anyway, got connected with them and they connected me with their insurance guy who went through all the struggles of insuring them. So by the time he got to us, he was like, oh yeah, I know how to do it. I know who to call. Let's get this taken care of. Um, So that's kind of how we have insurance. It's It's not how you'd normally insure something like this because the nonprofit part makes it way worse because you think of a nonprofit, you think, oh, you're serving soup to people or you're, yeah. you know. Giving away <laughs> jackets. <coughs> right. right. You're giving away jackets. You're not fixing their car because it is pretty high liability. I mean. Oh, you're not yeah. strapping into a 60 mile an hour um, metal box. You're <laughs> well, giving them a coat. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. I, I wish it was 60. I had a woman. <laughs> oh, she, was, no, no. she was complaining that her car was wobbling when she braked. And I drove it all over the place. And I was like, this thing's fine. And I brought it back to her. I said, your car's fine. She said, are you sure? It wobbles when I brake. I'm like, no, it's fine. She's like, well, how fast did you go? I'm like, 60. She's like, oh, it doesn't wobble till 90 or 100. No, no, no. I'm like, what's wrong with you? She's like, I set my cruise at 100 all the way to Chicago. like, oh. Can that new scan tool uh, put in any sort of limiters? No, but I've heard of people, they take... um, when, when their kid first gets their driver's license, they take a wooden block and put it on the bottom of the gas pedal. Yep. So they can like push idea. it down so far. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, I, I had the opposite happen to me one time driving home and my throttle just stuck wide open. Oof. And um, once I got that all figured out and got home safely, there was a pine cone um, wedged, you know, in like the uh, th- throttle wheel, between the throttle cable and the throttle wheel. <laughs> and I asked my wife uh, if she had just like, you know, upped my insurance policy or anything lately, because it was a little suspicious. I don't know where that pine cone... Yeah, one lone how that, pine cone. Yeah, how that got in there exactly, but it worked. 
<laughs> That's funny. So that covers the insurance portion. I was kind of uh, wondering if there are any insurance companies that specialize in nonprofit stuff. But after you mentioned that, you know, typically if you're doing a nonprofit, it, it isn't a business like yours. Well, and we have, I, I forget what my insurance guy calls it. Like a, I think he calls it like a third rate insurance company or, you know, we're not in the realm of normal insurance companies right now okay. because we haven't been in operation long enough. So the hope is after a couple more years, as long as we don't have any claims or any disasters, then yep. we would qualify to go to more of a mainstream insurance policy, better coverage, lower rates, and just generally, you know, better. Um, so for right now, we're not, but eventually that would we'd turn into that. And maybe then it is more typical. Um, you know, you got to remember when we started this, we were out of our garage at our house. I'm not an ASC certified mechanic. I didn't go to school for this. Um, it, it really doesn't look that great on paper. Yeah, right. yeah, just out here trying. Right, just out here trying, learning as we go, which that is not what the insurance company wants <laughs> no, to hear. Um, no. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure if they saw anything with our first towing operation with the dolly and everything, they would have just <laughs> said, no way. Or saw you pushing cars sideways, with, sideways the with the mattress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, I've only damaged two or three cars pushing them with the truck. And two of those were going to the junkyard anyway. Okay. There so. we go. And the third one, we won't mention to you who it was. Well, no, it was, I've never damaged <laughs> someone's actual vehicle, just okay. donated vehicles. Okay. I tend to get a little rougher with those, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it was, I just broke a taillight. Not yeah. a big deal. Is this where the idea for the demolition derby team came from? <laughs> like, I, have, I might be good at this. <laughs> <laughs> this might be my calling. <laughs> Smash. Yep. I mean, I've always wanted to do it. Yeah. Well, actually, what I've always wanted to do is the lawnmower derby. Okay. Like County Fair. Yeah, because yeah. who needs two legs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what it is, but I went one year because it, it's free. You pay to get in the fair and that it's free. Okay. I went one year and one of them started on fire. Several of them tipped over. It was Just super. Chaos. It was, it was that awesome. Peaked, that piqued your interest. It did. I know it's, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but I was like, I got to do this and I got to go next year. And then I was all excited to go, right? And my wife and I, we hadn't even gone on our first date yet. This is like the second time I'd ever seen her. And she agreed to go to this lawnmower derby with me. And she's like, that was the worst thing ever. (laughs) It was not fun at all. I don't know why she agreed to go out with me after that. But You're standing and hooting and hollering. Yeah, I was having a great time. And she's like, this is so dumb. I hate this. Maybe I haven't explained it well enough yet. (laughs) So that's not a huge leap to go from having a shop where maybe a lot of cars aren't going to make it back on the road and being in a demolition derby. No. Well, the resources are there. They're right? there. And we, I hate junking vehicles that run, right? Because yeah. it's yeah. like, well, I yeah, could. Yeah, that is painful. I could drive this. But you add up what it would take to like bring it to a point where you could give it away. Yeah. It's like, well, that's not worth it. Yeah. Um, somebody donated a. A 2001 Chevy Cavalier two-door car had 280,000 miles on it. Yep. And the rear unibody was rusted Mm. heavily where the subframe mounted. It was not safe to drive. Um, One of the back brakes locked up if you sniffed the pedal. Um, (laughs) But it's like this thing runs and drives. I can't junk it. So I talked to the people that donated it. I'm like, I can't give this thing away. We'll get sued for sure. I'm like, well, do whatever you want with it. So I titled it to myself, and I drove it as the parts runner. I put 3,000 miles on it. 
put a couple flat spots on the tire. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, well, this thing still runs great, but we don't need it anymore. So I called my dad and I'm like, hey, do you want to drive this thing around? Don't even bother changing the oil on it. Just drive it. <laughs> yeah. And so then he put 3,000 miles on it. Yep. And then he's like, I don't want to drive this thing anymore. I don't, I'm not good. <laughs> so then we let the youth group smash it with sledgehammers and oh, we yeah. junked oh, it. Fun. Um, but, it, you know, should I have been driving it? Probably not, but I couldn't help myself. Yep. It ran, well, other than not making any oil pressure at idle. On a hot day, <laughs> you'd have to put it in neutral and rev it up rev so the oil light stayed off. But <laughs> it, um, I don't know, it was, there's something deep inside me that's just cheap and wants to run everything into the ground. So Yep. And it, well, something that runs and drives, it's kind of shameful to take it to its death. Absolutely. But hey, if you're driving around in the carpets in your car get wet when it rains... <laughs> There might be some trouble underneath, maybe a little bit of rust eating away. <laughs> well, I got in my car to drive here today. It was raining, and I'm getting dripped on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's always something. So that's because somebody locked the keys in it at some point, and then somebody opened it with a, a wedge and a wire hanger. <laughs> well, no, this was coming through the roof. Oh, like, yeah, baby. It, it like, right in the center on the roof, like the yeah. windshield's leaking, or the, I don't know. Um, flex seal. Yeah, yeah. You can make a boat float. That stuff's expensive. Yeah, and it, usually not uh, color matched. <laughs> <laughs> not so good, no. No. So we talked around about donations and donating things. Officially, how can people donate to you and your business? Well, they um, obviously we take cash and check as well. But if they like to give online, we're set up to take donations through our website, JesusDriven.org. Um, that's typically the easiest way. Otherwise, um, you know, they can mail me a check, that kind of thing too. But, um, okay. Yep. And your information, if they did want to send you a check can be found on jesusdriven.org as well. Um, not right now because it's my home address. Oh, yeah. So I try not to give that out on the internet. Okay. Um, but they can, plan. they, my email's on there so they can email me and get it from there. Okay. I'm assuming if you listen to a podcast, then you're fairly well equipped with the internet, but I You'd guess. be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> My son enough. turned it on for me. I don't know how to shut it off. <laughs> Someone please <laughs> shut this off. That's how I made it an hour into this. <laughs> this cart with no wheels. What a disaster of a podcast. It is. It no, really is. No, it's, this it's is good. a great one. Yeah, really good. Super interesting. Um, and donations set up, um, typically you'll find you can do a one-time donation or... you. Can you sign up um, through your website for like a monthly donation? Yep, absolutely. I don't remember all of the options on our website, but I know, I think you can do monthly, quarterly, bi-monthly, all that. Okay. Um, yep. I would say a good chunk of our donors actually do support us monthly, which is awesome because that allows us to budget based on that. Yeah. Because mm. as you can imagine, running a nonprofit, our budget, I mean, for example, end of the year, December, we take in close to a quarter of our year's budget sometimes. Okay. Um, and then the next month, it's like, okay, we took in 10% of what we took in last month. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it does vary quite a bit. So when we yeah. have a more steady income, that helps us quite a bit. Yeah, so get online, get on the website, get a donation going. Um, because, Nate, you don't need to buy coffee every day. No. You could use that for something else. I mean, you personally. <laughs> oh, I, I need to, yeah. <laughs> Should we have Nate take his phone out right now and sign up? Yep. It's tax deductible too. Tax That's deductible, a Nate. Plus. 
But Nate doesn't pay taxes. <laughs> He's been skirting the IRS for years. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> for legal purposes, that's, that's not, true. not true. So that covers that. Um, oh, I had a question. Sorry to circle back, but uh, we talked about, you know, you have limited towing because you have limited time. Would you, I mean, would it ever be a plan to add an employee and offer roadside stuff? Or is there just not as much a need for roadside as there is for repair? Um, I think probably the need's there because y- you think about our clients drive crappy cars, yep. right? And crappy cars break down all the time. Yep. And you can't always limp them home. I've owned a few. So there's definitely a need there. The, the trouble there is cost. Okay. Um, so we we don't run a traditional tow truck. We run a pickup truck with a trailer because mm-hmm. it's much more affordable to insure. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't do roadside because if I'm on the side of the highway winching someone onto my trailer and highway patrol shows up, they're going to say, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Yeah. Whereas if you have a real tow truck, it's much more legitimate and quicker and safer. Yep. We looked into buying a tow truck because we could buy a tow truck for about what we could buy a pickup truck for. We okay. we needed one that was most of the way worn out. That's fine. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, but insuring a tow truck is probably about five times what we'd pay to insure a pickup. Wow. I never really considered that at all. No. And so we ended up not doing it um, because by the time you pay the insurance, so let's say we tow a hundred cars a year. Okay. You pay, you pay the insurance. We might as well, actually just not pay the maintenance insurance and upkeep on this tow truck and cut a deal with Seawirts or Midway to tow. Sure. Um, hmm. Whereas when we do it with the pickup, we need something around to push cars in the shop because I'm not going to do it by myself. Yep, yep. And then we, we've got a way to pick up donated vehicles, junk vehicles, whatever. And insurance wise, they don't, you know, they count the trailer under the truck insurance. So it's okay. pretty affordable. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned you have an intern. Um, I, I did. He graduated. We work with Red Wing High School, so oh, okay. I, I should have an intern right now. I need to call the high school again and see if I've messed something up and forgot to tell him to start or what the deal is. Yep. Um, but I had one last year from mid-January till he graduated in June. He okay. was there about four hours a week, actually. Oh, awesome. Um, and he was very motivated. He's in diesel mechanic school now, and he was very helpful. It's also really nice to have someone around the shop to talk to other yeah. than myself. Yep. Yeah. Um, he might not think so, but <laughs> you just unload <laughs> yep. all the stuff you've been bottling up all day. Yep. <laughs> and what did, uh, what did you have him doing? Um, really everything. Okay. Um, so basically just a second set of hands. Sometimes I would set him loose on his own job. Sometimes it would just, you know, I'd take one wheel, he'd take the other. Yep. Um, he'd come with me to haul cars I'd let him drive cars on the trailer, especially when the brakes didn't work, because yeah. then it's his fault when they, he runs into something and not mine. Um, Disposable. <laughs> you know, it. Uh, so all kinds of stuff. Um, and actually, he'll still, like, hey, can I borrow this tool? Or, hey, can I swing by the shop and help you with something? Oh, cool. Um, he called me one night. His friend was broken down in the Mall of America parking garage, and he wanted to borrow my trailer because his doesn't have a winch on it, or didn't. Yep. And uh, so I ended up riding up there with him and his girlfriend with a truck and trailer into the Mall of America parking garage at like 10 o'clock at night to pull this car on with the steering locked at like 30 degrees. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. um, yeah. So 
anything and everything. And then definitely, you know, side projects and that kind of thing too, because you got to have a little bit of fun. Yeah. There seems to be plenty of hate for the younger generation, but I've had uh, a ton of luck. I've been super fortunate with uh, pulling guys into the shop, uh, younger guys and how much they understand how fast they can learn uh, the mechanics of things and uh, how fast you can set them loose on their own. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if they've got, you know, a little bit of motivation behind them. And yeah, um, you know, I've had, I had an intern that didn't work out so well either, but he was a lot more interested in not going to class than mm. helping me. Been there. So it was, Hey, if I intern with George, I don't mm. have to go to class. Uh, yep. And, uh, you know, so if you get the right kid, you know, and they're motivated, it, yeah, he, he worked out really well and was helpful. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, anywhere else people can find out about the shop? Uh, so we have a website. Um, yeah. We send out a buy or every other month newsletter okay. that via email that they can, you know. Oh, opt in for? Yep, they can opt in for that. Um, we're on Facebook. It's pretty poorly maintained because I'm not real good at social media. Yep. My wife's going to take that over pretty soon here, I think. Okay. When she, she'll start uh, beginning of May is when she's going to start working with us. And then um, we have a YouTube channel too that's also poorly maintained. Because I love it. I just don't have Perfect. time to make videos, so I don't think I've made one in six months. Um, if you use buzzwords like raw or real, it makes it sound better than you know poorly maintained. I mean, <laughs> it makes it sound like it's on purpose. Genuine, yeah, genuine. Yep. It's just not though. <laughs> it's just uh, neglected. That's that's up to the user to decide. I think. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Well, George, it's been super interesting learning about how you guys started that and got it going. Um, again, website, jesusdriven.org. You can go on there, learn more about the shop, learn more about George and his family, <clears throat> or uh, or uh, click on that Donate tab. Click it and maybe get some funding moving his way. Yeah, I think this has been very interesting. I think I've learned a lot, and uh, I think you need a little help, and I hope I hope people can realize that. Yeah. Donate. Get on there. It's easy. Nate, we could use a little help. We yeah. If you hey, if you like the podcast, if you found it interesting at all, uh, you know, share it with your friends. Get it out there. Let people listen to it. If you didn't find it interesting, maybe just keep that to yourself. Yeah, but still share it with your friends. Yeah, maybe the ones you don't like as much. Because if they don't find it interesting, you can talk to them about it. Yeah. So either way, share it. Win win. Yeah could be a benefit to you somehow. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know how now, but you'll learn. Yeah. So this has been another uh, installment of the Just the Two of Us podcast, where it's just the two of us, plus a guest. <laughs> <laughs> George, thanks for coming in. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks, George. We'll catch you later. Yeah, talk to you next time.